It is now my honor to introduce Eric Broyles, a 1995 graduate of this law school, who once sat where you sit now. He is a model of the UVA lawyer you are all poised to become, a person whose life before and after law school has been marked by humanity and drive, service to his communities, and creative thinking. I cannot be more excited to introduce him to you. Like you, Eric began his legal career here at UVA. He earned his undergraduate degree from the University of Cincinnati's Business School with honors and was its valedictorian. He then joined us here at the law school where he served as an editorial board member of the Journal of Law and Politics, a member of BALSA, and played softball. Uh, after law school, he clerked for the Honorable Joseph Hatchett, then the Chief Judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit. He entered practice as an associate in the D.C. office of Skadden, Arp, Slate, Meeker, and Flum, and then joined the counsel's office at AOL, America Online. Do you all remember AOL? Okay. Um, <clears throat> only maybe from the movie Who's Got Mail. Uh, 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 is that what's called? Who's Got Nuts? All right. You've Got Mail. Um, uh, he ultimately became senior counsel at AOL Time Warner. I didn't mean to disparage AOL, but it, yeah, okay. Uh, he left the practice of law to, to uh, open the DC office of uh, the Garrison Lerman Group, an expert network firm, and eventually started his own expert firm, Expert Connect Litigation Support, which provides expert witnesses to AmLaw 100 firms and Fortune 500 companies. After several years of investing in biotech companies, Eric has now started his own. He is the founder and CEO of NanoCan Therapeutics. He works with Harvard's Dana-Farber Cancer Institute to create uh, innovative, new technologies to treat cancer and other diseases. I cannot say more about how impressive the work Eric is doing is. He is doing it both here and in other countries around the world that lack robust healthcare systems to make sure that they are able to take advantage of these technologies as well. Eric holds a patent. He serves on the board of the University of Cincinnati Foundation, and he is the vice president of the Law School Foundation's Alumni Council. And... Eric pays forward his learning and experience in so many ways. He mentors students in both Washington, D.C. and his hometown of Cincinnati and at his undergraduate alma mater. And he speaks publicly, including his very own TED Talk. Eric's is the kind of career I tell our students about all the time. It is long. It is varied. I doubt he could have pictured what he does now, he's shaking his head no, um, when he was sitting in your seats. It is filled with intellectual challenges, solving difficult problems, and service to others. He has not always worked as a lawyer, but he is always using the skills he honed here at UVA, how to analyze big problems, challenge his own assumptions, and ask the right questions, how to know what else he needs to learn or wants to learn, juggle competing priorities, and find inventive solutions to urgent problems. I will leave you with one piece of advice Eric imparted in his recent interview for the law school's website. When asked what was the one thing he wished that he had known before he started law school, he said, I wish that I had known earlier how to be more forgiving of others because holding on to unforgiving thoughts keeps you looking backward and may block off valuable potential personal relationships and opportunities. You can't keep focused on your vision of life ahead of you if you are always looking back. That, to me, is a very wise statement. Such wise advice from someone whose own life and career has been forward-looking in the most productive and exciting ways and filled with new challenges and changes in direction makes me want to hear more. So I could go on and on, but it's better for you to hear from Eric himself. Without further ado, it is my honor to welcome Eric Broyles. Good morning, and uh, very excited to have opportunity to speak with you all 
it's, it's really hard for me to believe that it was literally 30 years ago that I was in your seat in August, I think it was August 19th, uh, 1992 that uh, I, I sat out here as a uh, first year student, uh, nervous and not knowing what the uh, future would hold for me. Um, I remember <clears throat> when I was getting ready to leave the Cincinnati area to drive my eight hour drive to Charlottesville in my old beat up Honda Accord. And uh, I, was, I remember leaving my parents' house and my dad met me at the garage door and he said, uh, son, you know, my dad worked at a steel mill for about 35 years. And he and I had been estranged for the previous five because we got into it my senior year. So I said some things you probably shouldn't say to your parents and uh, told him I didn't need him and I moved out and I actually paid my way through undergrad. I worked a full-time job and uh, really didn't have much interaction with him, but he was so impressed that I actually did it. And, and despite the two words I said to him on my way out the door, we, we became uh, very close. And he, he looked at me and I could tell he felt a little helpless because he, he worked in a steel mill for 35 years. He worked hard, was a good man. And he said, uh, son, he said, good luck. And he was searching for something to tell me, but what could he tell me because he worked in a steel mill? He wasn't gonna go, he'd never went to a top law school. And he said, uh, keep doing the things that you did that got you here. So what I wanna tell you all first today is, <clears throat> I want you all to keep doing the things that you did that got you here, okay? So that's the first point. Just keep doing what you've been doing. When I got to UVA, uh, I was so excited and um, really looking forward to learning how to think like a lawyer and getting to know my classmates and all the excitement of law school. But for about the first 10 weeks, um, I wasn't getting it. And, and that was a problem for me because not only was I, you know, graduated top of my class, but like my senior year of college, I actually didn't get less than 100 on any project uh, at uh, in, in my multiple majors. And so I was used to knowing, I was used to knowing the answers and being, and I didn't, I didn't get any of this. I didn't, I didn't get it. I'm just, and so I was like, man, I think, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm going to quit, quit law school. And, uh, I remember uh, leaving out of my torts class and one of my classmates, uh, she walked out, we both looked befuddled and I kind of looked at her, she said, you thinking about quitting? I said, yep, she said, me. I said, me too. And, and she kind of broke down and I didn't want to cry in front of her so I, I walked away and cried somewhere else. <laughs> and, um, and, and I called my best friend who's like my big brother. He grew up in a neighborhood. His name is Nate Lampley. He's managing partner of a global AMLAW 100 firm now, but he was only a fourth year back then. And I said, Nate, I, th I think I'm gonna quit. I think I'm gonna quit. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get this stuff, all these questions and all this foolishness. And then people are talking and talking. They sound like they know what they're talking about. And I don't feel like I know anything. So he said, Eric, he said, just, he said, just sit tight. He said, hang out another couple weeks. And then and now four weeks were about exam time. So he said, hang out another couple weeks. He said, a light bulb will switch on for you. Trust me, you'll, every law student goes through this. So I hung out for those two weeks and I felt like a light bulb uh, goes on. So my second point is uh, you have made a series of decisions to help you get to where you are today. And I'm glad that I did not make a bad decision on that day when I felt down and wanted to quit. 
And so I'm going to encourage you to keep making a series. Not only do I want you to keep doing the things that you did to get here, but make, keep making the good decisions because you clearly made very good decisions to be admitted to this law school at this time. So keep making the good decisions that you've made. And I'm so glad that I did not quit but I was this close. I even had my little story together of why I was gonna quit and what I was gonna do in business, you know, but I'm glad that I didn't. Next, I'd wanna encourage you to, um, and this is, I think, important, and uh, maybe hard for uh, people who are used to achieving a lot and being in control of things, uh, like I felt like I was, but um, trust the system. So this institution's been around a long time. It's produced a lot of greatness. And there's a system here. You have a world-class dean who could be dean of any top 10 law school in this country right now. You have world-class professors. I had world-class professors. Uh, and that could, they could teach anywhere. They just are smart enough to be in probably one of the most gorgeous cities in the United States. Uh, this, that's another benefit you have of being in Charlottesville. You'll learn that this is a, this is a great place to, to live and be. And so um, I wanna encourage you all to just trust the system. These folks that your professors, your, the administrators here, uh, the students who are before you, we all have gone through this system and you can trust it and you're gonna do fine by trusting the system. And then finally, and I think this is uh, uh, very important uh, too, and you've heard these themes throughout the various remarks that have been made, uh, but I'd like to encourage you all to uphold our culture at UVA Law. Uphold our culture and actually help to grow it and expand it. And you'll, and you'll get to know what that culture is, but we have a culture, I'll use one word in particular, collaboration. This is a place where we collaborate, we don't, um, in my companies, I have a no a-hole rule, right? So I just, no a-holes in, in any, of, any of the companies that I, I've run. I just, you have, you, you have to, you don't have to all agree. You don't have to, you, I don't care what your lifestyle is, what your politics are, but you can't be a jerk to your peer. And so I'd like to encourage you all to uphold, we have a great culture here of collaboration. And I collaborate with people across the spectrum, my classmates, people, I just had uh, lunch with a gentleman who graduated 20 years ahead of me. Uh, and, and, and it's a great culture and you'll, it'll benefit you as you get out and practice law and get into business and things like that. And so I just encourage you to uphold our tradition of uh, collaboration, collegiality with each other, working together, and um, you, you'll benefit greatly from that, not only during your time here, but for the rest of your life. And so um, as you keep doing what you've been doing to get you into the seats that you're in today, as you continue to make good decisions, which I encourage you to make good decisions and continue to make good decisions that have led you to where you are today. And as you trust the system, I know it can be hard, but just trust the system. There is a process, there is a method to this madness. Trust it and kind of go with it when you, if you feel like quitting or uh, talk to someone. Uh, and, and, and again, just have confidence uh, in the system. 
And then finally, I would say I want you to just focus on upholding and even improving on the culture, right? The, de the extent to which we support one another at this law school, uh, both here and once we get out into the world. And I can say that it's, it's true. I've never reached out to a UVA law alum, whether I know them or not, and they've not been willing to help ever. And I've never been reached out to by, I got reached out to two weeks ago by a gentleman who went to law school and we, we just support each other because we have this common bond and that's a great thing. And you don't have that at many uh, places. And so, and I think that's important, particularly in the times that we live in now. You, you guys are gonna face a world that's divided in many uh, strange ways that we didn't have to deal with. Uh, the depths of division, people talking about civil war and charging the Capitol and all kinds of things going on. And so I wanna just leave, you can put up the uh, photos please. I wanna just leave you with uh, a, a story uh, um, in, in regards to that and, and encourage you all to, um, uh, given this divided time and people being sort of entrenched in their camps, and you all got here because you probably have pretty firm views on things and you've, uh, you know, um, you're, you're obviously super bright and all of those things, but I wanna encourage you uh, to be open to possibilities, okay? To be open to possibilities that you uh, might not have otherwise contemplated, even if they go against um, something that, some deeply held belief or conviction that you have. I just encourage you to be open to possibilities. I put this picture up here because um, the gentleman in the middle, his name is Sam Solomon and that's his wife, Meryl. And uh, that's the three of us up in Northern Israel in uh, Rosh Pina, uh, at their home in uh, Northern Israel. And that was probably 10 years ago. And then the picture on the right-hand side is at Sam in the middle, uh, the one guy you probably might want to apply to, he's head, global head of litigation of a big firm and the other guy's a partner somewhere too. But in any of us, in any event, we're all in the, this was right before COVID. Uh, and this was, and we were in the Azores and, and we were hiking and uh, in the Azores, which is awesome outside of uh, Portugal. And so I, I bring this picture up and I talk, I want to share with you my relationship with Sam because um, I learned a lot from my relationship with Sam. Um, Sam and I couldn't be more different as people. There, in fact, you probably can't find two people in the world who are more different. He is a 68-year-old Jewish man, grew up wealthy, successful tech entrepreneur, investor, 18 grandkids, right? Married to his wife for 45 years, got this, you know, just very, very conservative, hardcore Zionist, support Israel, put millions of dollars in, all of that, right? Just, and then me, I'm from the Midwest, I didn't grow up wealthy, kind of scrapped and fought my way through, but I meet Sam 20 plus years ago and kind of, you know, wasn't open to getting to know him when we first met because I felt he was a little pushy, right? Like we're at this fancy resort and this guy's like kind of all in my business, like, who are you, what are, you know? And so I'm just like, man, well, I'm here to relax, man. I was just out of law school, just, I'm just, you know, but it, 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 we ended up spending kind of the, uh, the, the whole time together, um, our, our families, we ended up hanging out the whole time together. And um, 
by me being open to, because my normal reaction was, I got my best friends, the dude who talked me off the ledge uh, to not quit, my, our other best friend, we all grew up 10 houses from each other, we've known each other our whole lives. I got my boys, right? I don't really need anybody else, especially somebody who kind of rubs me the wrong way, <laughs> kind of just on the surface. <laughs> and so, but here's what I learned over uh, 20 years of just being open to this relationship is that even though on, on the surface, you can't find two people more different, but there are actually two people in the world who, who are not, who are uh, no more, who are, there are no two people who are more alike than Sam and I. We are, we are literally almost the same person. And, it, and it's weird because it's like it took a lot of digging. It took years of hard conversations on race and politics and me telling him how hard it is for me as a black, do you know how hard it is for me to get to where I am? And, you know, and things like that. And then his sharing his stories and him having his view. And, uh, but just intense debate and conversation over a period of, of years, but also great collaboration great depth of, of love and openness to hearing each other out and kind of really working through, again, over a couple of decades, right, these surface level differences. And um, this, it, it, it became apparent to me that I wanted to share this story with, with you all, uh, again, particularly in this time in our country, because um, on June 27th, I got a call about 3 a.m. from Israel, and they said, uh, hey, his head of his foundation, he said, hey, uh, Sam died, just, and I want you to know, 68 years old, good shape, had a uh, stroke, though. And he said, Sam died, and so I'm like, wow, okay, let me get up and head to Israel, and he's like, you can't make it because we're going to, we have to bury him, you know, today. So by the time, whether you charter a jet or whatever you're going to do, you, you won't get here in time. So um, it, it made me realize, right, the sort of the, the, the possibility of the depth of human connection, right, that we had because we were open to work through these surface level and entrenched differences, by the way, in many areas, not in all, but in many. And so um, I can't imagine what my life would be like if I didn't have Sam Solomon as a friend. I just can't imagine. And I can't imagine uh, anybody adding more value to my life than this guy did. And on the surface, we should have been going at it. And so you can't get that if you are going to be so entrenched in your ideas and your belief about who someone is and how they are and what they're supposed to do, you will never have that experience in life if you stay that entrenched and that not be open that there might be something more to in, in those differences. And so um, uh, I'll share uh, one quick story, then I'll wrap up. So Sam helped to launch me out in entrepreneurship. We had met, I was still a lawyer, and I said, hey, I want to start this company. And he says, okay, he says, I'll, I'll invest, even though I don't invest in that space, I'll back you. Uh, he says, but you got to quit your job. You got to quit, you got to go all in. I want you to put in money. And so, kind of forced me out of the nest, if you will, to, 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 to do that. And so, I, I did it. 
jumped out. And uh, I'm, my family might call me uh, cheap, or fr I'm frugal, right? So <laughs> I'm frugal, very frugal. And, uh, and so um, as we started this company, I would take uh, the boat bus from DC to New York. Now, mind you, I'd been at Skadden, and they, I'd taken private jets. When I was at AOL, I'd be like, yeah, get the private jet fired up for me. I'm gonna go, I need to go to Teterboro. But now I'm taking the boat bus, right? Because it's my money. <laughs> I'm taking the boat bus. So Sam, uh, Sam had this, uh, he lived in Israel, but he still had a pretty swank uh, Upper West Side apartment in Manhattan. And uh, he, said, he said, hey, Eric, I, I know how you are. You're not going to take any more money from me for because the company was kind of struggling through as my first entrepreneur venture. He says, I know how you are. I know you're not going to take any more money from me, uh, so I'm not going to try to do it that way. But at least I don't want you staying in Motel 6. I don't want you getting bed bugs and all that. So stay, stay in the apartment. The doorman's got you. So I stayed in this apartment for a year, every trip to New York, my $15 bus ride, and then staying in this very swank apartment. <laughs> um, and one time he called me up. Uh, the second year of our business, and he says, hey, how come you haven't been to the apartment? I said, I mean, dude, I'm not going to New York that much. What, what difference does it make? He said, well, it makes a lot of difference. He said, um, you know, I've been getting offers on the apartment for the last two years. And I'm like, okay, and? And he's like, uh, why aren't you using it? And I said, well, because I'm not going to New York as much. I'm doing more, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Eric, the only reason I kept this apartment and paid the very high condo dues, which were three times my mortgage in DC, uh, is because I didn't want you sleeping in some bug infested hotel. So I kept the apartment for you. And if you're not gonna use it, I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna take one of these offers. And um, it, it just showed me how working through differences and being, again, being open and putting in that work and so um, in, in, in closing, um, I know that uh, w one of our trips, uh, we, I was there for two and a, in Israel for two and a half weeks, and we would run around all day, six in the morning till late at night, go visit his grandkids, his kids, his businesses. I was telling Risa, we even went to court uh, twice. I'm like, dude, you got me in court on my <laughs> trip to Israel? Uh, <laughs> he was suing like the Elon Musk of Israel because he had, he, had he had backed this guy's EV cars because he, he wanted to promote environmental friendliness in Israel. So any of that, just a wild, wild time. But we hung out all day, every day, except on the Sabbath when he wanted to spend it with his grandkids. And on uh, one of our, one day we had been going for like, we'd gone all day, Merrill cooked dinner, and we were uh, sitting in the kitchen. We finished about nine, and she, uh, she left, and it was about nine o'clock, and we went in on each other until about three in the morning. And we were just debating and talking about, like we, very uh, intense uh, discussion. And uh, at one point, she, she said, enough! Meryl came out and said, enough, enough! Eric, go to your quarters, you, you gotta go. Sam, come to bed. She said, um, don't you guys ever get tired of each other? <laughs> and in all honesty, we looked at each other and we looked at her and we said no. <laughs> so as you start this great part of your career, I'm very happy for you. You're all gonna do well and just be open to something that's different and put in the work and you guys are gonna do great. Thank you.